Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. We're going to be in Mark chapter 11. Remember, we started a three-part series uh, in Moving Mountains. We started that on Thursday. If you missed it, you can pick it up. We'll have a a connection tonight in Mark 11 and then tomorrow morning. Now, how many of you people are coming tomorrow morning? Of course you are. So you guys are like the quadruple, quintuple dippers. Yes, that's who you are. Now, I need to let you know, as you're turning to Mark 11, as well as Romans chapter 4, New Year's gives me a little PTSD, and uh, I'll explain that in just a moment, but uh, when our first year in Liberia, you know, we we were in church, and it was 11 o'clock, and we had a worship service, and we were just singing and giving glory to God, and I mean, and Africans, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. They know how to worship, okay? Like, they break out into the aisles. You got like 80-year-old women, and they're just like doing this thing. And I mean, it's just incredible, the worship. I mean, the drum is beating. They are singing so hard. And and for them, it's not like how beautiful you sound. It's how loud you are. And so they are just sweating. I mean, sweating, giving worship and glory to God. And so we're thinking, this is great. It's like our first New Year's in Africa. And then the clock struck 12. Well, what do you do when the clock strikes 12? Okay, it's okay. You can do it. When the clock strikes, you go. Perfect. So just imagine me and my family, okay, our first New Year's in Africa, Clock strikes 12, and my whole family and I stand up. Happy New Year! Woo! We're like dancing a little deal. And we realize that no one's doing it with us. <laughs> and we turn around, and they are weeping and mourning and wailing. And it was one of those like, <laughs> Like, you're so embarrassed. And like the kids are looking at me like, what did we do? And what we realized, we made an extreme cultural faux pas. They weep over their dead before they rejoice going into their new year. So just imagine we're singing church and we shout happy new year and everyone is weeping and wailing over the people that they lost that previous year. So when I say I have PTSD over New Year's, if you see me go like this when you say Happy New Year, I just want you to understand. Now, I also live in San Pedro, and I understand it's quite a firework display. Um, and and so that may give me PTSD as well from being in the war. So tomorrow morning, if you come and I'm a little out of sorts, um, now you know why. Mark 11, Romans chapter 4. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we're so thankful that this scripture says we can say to a mountain, be moved, be cast into the sea, and it's going to be done. And as we discover the true meaning, especially walking into our new year, we want to move some mountains, things in our lives that need, we need to say goodbye to, and things in our lives that we need to say hello to. 
They seem insurmountable, but you're the God of the impossible. So we come to you tonight as we walk and get ready to walk into a new year that you would bless us with understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. As a child, we often used to go to Paradise Island, and it was an island that was connected to Nassau by a bridge, and that's where we would go to the beach. And at the time, it was owned by a guy by the name of Merv Griffin. Now, if you remember Merv Griffin, you're as old as me. If you have no idea who Merv Griffin is, just continue with me. Then a guy by the name, South African guy, by the name of Sol Kersner, bought the island from Merv Griffin. He had a vision. And the vision was the Atlantis Hotel. Maybe you've seen it on some commercials. Well, over the course of several years, the hotel began to rise, and the island, Paradise Island, it began to physically change. Because in order to accommodate Sol's vision, he literally changed the landscape of the island. Many of the Bahamians said... He moved mountains to accomplish his goal. You take a look at Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. We talked about that on Thursday. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Mountains are those insurmountable challenges that we faced in 2022. Do you remember when Zerubbabel was building the temple and all he saw was a bunch of rocks on the ground and he said in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 7, Who are you, O great mountain? O great insurmountable problem. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And I don't know about you, but as I look back on 2022, I recognize some things that seemed insurmountable. Maybe for you or me, it's old habits that just won't quit. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I don't want to be the only one walking through this, okay? (laughs) Maybe it's a bad character that you have taken years to perfect. Someone say, this side is very spiritual. You are with me. We need some humility on this side over here, okay? Pastor Dennis, you want to lead them in that humility, okay? (laughs) Like a family. Maybe you face some physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual challenge in 2022 that just seemed impossible to overcome. Yet impossible depends on perspective. When I bought my first house here in California, I had to redo the bathroom. But when we started digging down to the pipe, our main broke. That's how old and rotted it was. And I said to the plumber who was with me, this is going to be impossible. And he said, no, nothing's impossible. It just takes more time and much more money. 
Mary, Mary thought that the message from the angel Gabriel was impossible. Yet the perspective of the angel Gabriel, who had been in the presence of the Almighty God, his perspective was, nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. And for the disciples here in Mark chapter 11, they're simply amazed that a fig tree happened to wither overnight. They they can't believe it. And Jesus is going to take this moment, as I will, to teach the disciples an important lesson of faith. And he says, have faith in God. The God whom nothing is impossible. A faith that believes in the almighty God of the Bible. And he, what I love about the fact of the word, he's only revealed a part of himself in the word of God. There's a whole other part that we don't even know about him. And he so magnificently presents himself as the almighty already in the Bible. Can you imagine how almighty is if he hasn't given us all of himself? A faith that trusts him as to which mountain is moved and which one we're supposed to climb. Because sometimes we want to say to that mountain, be moved, and God says to us, I want you to climb. Now we know that he works all things together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose, but can I have that kind of faith in God that whether it's to be removed or whether I'm to climb, I'll do whatever he wants me to do. We have a faith that knows his word and only desires to change the landscape, to move the mountains of the things that are his will and of his nature. I talked about on Thursday, if you don't like Aunt Sally, you can't pray this kind of prayer. Lord, go get her. A little leprosy won't hurt. You, it is rough. But I fear lest some of us would pray those prayers for the person that sits next to us in work. You see, we pray prayers of his nature, of his will. A faith that stands on the fact that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God who created the heavens and the earth will one day return as the king. He's still moving in the same power today as he did yesterday, and he will be in our forever. And oftentimes, we trust him for yesterday and what we read in the Bible. We trust him for forever for what we know he will be, but do we believe that his power is still moving today? You see, our faith shouldn't be relegated by our spiritual life simply reading Bible stories. Our devotional life is our devotional life not simply to encourage us when we're down or give us peace in the midst of trial. Our devotional life is there to reveal to us stories of faith, to know the kind of life that is available for us today because he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, the power of the Spirit that was available for the first century church is available for the 21st century church. And so when I'm reading the Word of God, I'm allowing the reading of the Word of God to be an avenue for Him to speak to me the same way that He did to John the Baptist. I'm not reading a book. 
I'm having a conversation because the Bible is living and active. And when I read Isaiah 40, just like John the Baptist, John will hear the voice of God just like you can hear the voice of God. And God says, John, that's you. You're the voice. And when you read John 3.16, God speaks to you. It's you I love. He speaks. It's realizing that our prayer life is not to accomplish our purposes, our desires, and our dreams. Lord, allow me to get into this college. No, our prayer life is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So my prayer is, what college do you want me to go to so that I can glorify your name? It's a difference. Instead of here is what I want to do this year in 2023, What does God want me to do with the gift of time that he gives me? We're not celebrating a new year. We're celebrating the gift of time. God's giving us time. And with the time that we have, how will we use that time? What mountain does he want me to move? Not what mountain do I want to move? It's understanding that our devotional life is not simply for our personal peace, but to meditate and reflect on the awesomeness of God. You see, when we keep our focus on God, it'll produce faith. When we allow him to be the centrality of our existence in 2023, we'll start seeing the unseen. When you're driving home, you'll see that mountain for the very first time again. When you're out on your porch and you feel that gentle breeze, you'll be reminded of the cloud of witnesses. When you see your husband or your wife's life radically change because they've given their life to God, when you go out into your world, no longer will it be traffic. It'll be an opportunity to pray. You see, when our life is about the centrality of God, our eyes are going to be open to the things of God, just like Elisha's servant was in 2 Kings chapter 6. When the army surrounded and the servant freaked out, you heard me say this on Thursday, Elisha, whose life was built on the centrality of God, said, Lord, open his eyes. And the servant went back out again and saw the army of angels that surrounded. He saw the unseen eyes of faith. Church, one of the best examples that I believe that we find in Scripture to see an illustration of moving mountains kind of faith is our father of faith, Abraham. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 4 as we illustrate Matthew chapter 11. Abraham, who had a promise from God, who spoke that promise and believed that promise and saw that promise come to pass. He is an example of Mark chapter 11. He had a mountain to overcome. Would you take a look at Romans chapter 4? I'm going to pick it up there in the latter portion of Romans 4, verse 16. The latter portion, who is the father of us all? As it is written, verse 17, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God 
who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You see, this title, the father of faith, it was given to Abraham for one sole reason, that he had faith in God. What a profound truth. We just sang the song. I'm calling on the God of Jacob. You answered prayers back then. I know you can answer prayers now. That was a confession of faith. Have faith in God. Abraham becomes our example of this simple proclamation. It was his simple faith in God alone by which he was able to move a mountain. I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation so that you can get a better picture, I believe, a colorful picture of what Paul is trying to communicate. Take a look at the screen. It's Romans chapter 4. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That's you and me. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. That was the promise that God spoke to Abraham. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. He believed. He had faith in God. He believed that God was omnipotent. He raised someone from the dead. God can still do the impossible. He is the God, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He believed that God was omniscient, that he was all-knowing. He can call those things which do not exist as though they did. And even though Abraham never saw the promised land, he believed it and he went to it because God spoke it and he believed in God. In fact, Genesis 15.6 amplifies this fact And the Bible says in Genesis 15, 6, and he, speaking of Abraham, believed in the Lord and he gave him credit. He accounted it to him for righteousness. He gave him credit for it. You see, God made a promise to him that Abraham chose to believe. He chose to have faith in God. He believed that God would move the mountain of Sarah's barrenness. Take a look at Romans 4, verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. His belief was founded on what God had spoken to him. He didn't create this belief on his own. This is so key to moving mountains. God spoke to him that he was going to be the father of many nations. Abraham didn't come up with this on his own. He didn't go to God and say, hey, this is the person I want to marry. Would you please bless it? He went to God with, what's your promise for me? And that's what I'm going to hold on to it. You see, Sarah couldn't have any children. It's evident by the amount of times Abraham tried to give her away. Sarah couldn't have any kids. There's the mountain. There's the mountain. But God said she would. And there's the promise that came from God's word. Mountains are moved when God in his word says that they will. God will move the mountains that he wants to. God will move the mountains for his purpose alone. 
Now this, this was the only thing that God gave him credit for. I want you to hear that. He gave Abraham credit because he had faith in God alone. Don't you want that testimony? At the end of 2023, don't you want the testimony, Chet, I give him credit. He had faith in me. Daniel, I give him credit. He had faith in me. And I'm not sure what your name is, but at the end of 2023, don't you want to accomplish what God has for you instead of presenting to God what you would like to do? Don't you want your testimony to be at the end of your days that you ran your walk of faith? It's Romans chapter 4. Take a look at verse 19. And not being weak in faith, listen to his testimony. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, she'd already passed the age of childbearing. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was credited, it was accounted to him, he got credit for it, to him for righteousness. His faith in God was the credit that God gave him for righteousness. That's what he gave him credit for. Now, this is what I love about the Lord. He always burns away the wood, hay and stubble, so that he can see the gold and the silver moments of our lives. Did you hear that? He always burns away, and Abraham, this last portion of Abraham's life, he burned away all of the wood, hay, and stubble, and he only finds the gold and silver moments. Because I don't know when you were reading this, When you read not being weak in faith, could we not forget that Abraham gave his wife Sarah away twice? That to me is a little weakness. Like he was afraid. Fear is the opposite of faith. And he gave his wife away once to Pharaoh and then once to Abimelech. And I believe he also knew that Sarah was barren and thought to himself... (laughs) Well, hey, Sarah, like, you're very beautiful. Now, think how beautiful Sarah must have been at the age of 75 and 80 years old that he's given her away. She was stunning, but she was barren. And while he was telling her out of his mouth, hey, may, I don't want them to hurt me. Let's tell them that you were my sister. In his heart was, you can't have any kids, and God's given me a promise, so maybe Pharaoh will take you. Maybe Abimelech will tell you. That, to me, is weak. But the Bible says, not being weak in faith. The Bible says he didn't waver. Excuse me? Um, God, did you forget the Hagar moment? He didn't waver? You see, I believe Sarah saw that Abraham was trying to give her away. So she came up with another plan. Why don't you take Hagar? And Abe went with it. He decided to go with it. But God didn't. And God didn't recognize Ishmael. Because he gave a promise that Sarah would give birth. And that the line would come through Sarah, not through the slave wife. Now, this is important for us. 
Because some of us will look back on 2022 and um, we probably see some weak and wavering moments. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, the front was very spiritual. Thank you. I don't know about you, church, but when I look back at my 2022, I had some weak moments. Like, how many of you said things that you wish you never would have said? Okay. How many of you had some wavering... I'm going to look over here because I'm not listening, hearing you guys at all. How many of you had some wavering moments? Like, you wavered in your faith a little bit. You had some weak moments. 2022 wasn't filled with the... I'm calling on the God of Jacob. Like sometimes, like, are you there? Amen. You see, it's important for us that we have faith in God. And God says that if we confess those weak and wavering moments, that he'll forgive us and that he'll cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And there's some God quality that he has he chooses to forget. That's one of God's qualities. Now, we don't have the God quality of forget like we don't have the God quality of Almighty. But in God's economy, he chooses to forget. He remembers them no more. And maybe like Abraham, we need to let God start defining us instead of the enemy start condemning us. Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And when God looked at Abraham, despite his weaknesses, despite his wavering, the Holy Spirit writes of Abraham, he didn't waver, he didn't lack faith. What a moment. Because it's an important moment for Abraham. It's the same way it's an important moment for us to look back at the promises that God has for us. As we go into 2023, we need, like Abraham, to trust the promise that God has given us, not the weak moments that we had, not the wavering moments that we had, but press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do you remember the promise? Started all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. In Genesis 13, he reaffirms that promise. In Genesis 15, God confirmed the promise again with a spiritual covenant. In Genesis 17, as if he's not wavering still, God shows up again and changes Abram's name to Abraham. And at 99 years old, Abraham takes one of his, his second step of faith. His first step was to go to the promised land. And at 99 years old, God says, be circumcised. Excuse me? Okay, God, you've given me a promise. How is this going to help? I mean, ouch. Ouch. 99 years old. God has given him promise after promise after promise after promise. And now Abraham takes a step of faith. 
And he says, okay, your name is Abraham. Now just imagine going to your friends. Yeah, God changed my name. Well, what is it? <coughs> Abraham. Excuse me? <coughs> Abraham. Did you say the father of many? Yep. Uh, you have one child from your slave. You have no real children. My name's Abraham. That's what God changed it to. Are you beginning to see? Have faith in God. So that you can say to the mountain, be cast into the sea. Did you hear it say? Abraham had a promise that came from God. It was from his word. And when he went to his friends and he said, Abraham, he was saying the promise of God. I am the father of many nations. He was speaking the promise out loud. And in Genesis chapter 18, God visits Abraham and says, listen, in nine months, Sarah's going to have a baby. Sarah goes, <laughs> oh, God, he's so funny. She laughs in the tent. God calls her out and says, you laughing? Nope, not me. Now she's lying. And God calls her out. Yes, you did. You laughed. You laughed. In nine months, you're going to have a child. And from that one moment, the one moment, despite the weaknesses, despite the wavering, the Holy Spirit says in Romans chapter 4, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief. In Genesis 18, when God said in nine months, you're going to have a baby, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that he had promised, he was also able to perform. And that night, he walked into the tent and he said, Sarah, it's time, babe. And God, nine months later, had Sarah give birth to laughter. They called him Isaac. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. One act of faith in Abraham's life, he gained the testimony. He, did, he was not weak. He did not waver. Church, have faith in God. You see, the faithfulness of God made Abraham the man of faith. The sole act that he had faith in God for his future through a promise, we call him the father of faith. Can I tell you something? Have faith in God. He will be faithful to complete in you just like he did with Abraham. He will be faithful to complete in you in 2023 what he started in 2022. So, maybe, just maybe, all of our New Year's resolutions should be have 
faith in God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we come before you in Jesus' name to celebrate the goodness of God. You've given us time. Time to have faith in you. Time to trust you, to believe you, to hold on to the promises that you've given. And though we've wavered or we've had weakness, we confess that to you now. We pray that you'd renew us, revive us, cleanse us, perfect us. We trust you, Jesus. We have faith in you. Our ushers are going to be coming forward with the communion elements. And it's a time for us to remember. In other words, what we've decided to do as the first act going into our new year is to remember the Lord. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you. It's the first commandment with the promise. And by you being here and taking communion, you're honoring your father. You're actually saying, I know I'm walking into a good 2023 by honoring your father. It's a promise for you. And as we remember the Lord, we remember that he died for us. Because he knew we'd have weak moments. We remember that he rose again to give us power to raise up from those weak moments and live in the power of the resurrection. We remember the Lord. So tonight, before we take communion, I'm going to ask you to confess your weak moments to the Lord. Confess maybe even your wavering moments to the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to ask the Spirit of God to strengthen you as you walk into 2023. And ask the Spirit of God to move in and through you in 2023. Have faith in God. That's what communion's about. It's not these elements, just like it's not our prayer. It's not reading the Bible as much as it is having a conversation. We're doing this not because it's a ritual, because Jesus asked us to. And because he's asked us to, and I have faith in God, I do it in obedience, period. church would you take a moment would you remember the Lord just speak to him in prayer confess to him talk to him
Don't give him your New Year's resolutions. Ask him what they should be. Don't tell him what mountains to be moved. Ask him which mountains he wants to be moved. And then speak that to him. Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.